Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I get into the stories, I wanted to give a trigger warning for story number one, as there's some brief mentioning of sexual assault. As always, I'll have timestamps in a pinned comment if you want to skip any stories. All that being said, remember, if you have your own scary story that you would like to submit to me, for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. All that being said, let's get into the stories. And remember to always stay hungry. I've been really trying to find ways to submit this story, but out of fear of being found down by the two females that originally introduced me, I finally realized that it's been six years since this happened, and they probably won't remember as this was traumatic for me, and just another night for them. In 2015, I was 13, and I found a lot of people attracted to me that had meant me harm, or even just a bunch of weirdos. But nonetheless, these girls stuck out. Let's name them Brittany and Renee for the sake of this story. They were sisters. Brittany was 17, and Renee was 14. I was a chubby 5'3 strawberry blonde nerd, simply put. Brittany was a tall 5'9 black-haired beauty, and Renee was taller, at 5'10 with blonde hair, but you could clearly tell which sibling was prettier. Renee was outgoing and just wanted to be friends with everyone, but former friends prevented that from happening, with spiteful rumors, sexual harassment, stalking, and even drugging, which I didn't really listen to as I was also a part of a few weird rumors. I really don't know what sparked Renee's initial interest to in me, but I know that we bonded over the anime Attack on Titan, and well, that sparked a deep interest with me, and we became friends. During this time in my early preteen years, I was really getting into horror, paranormal, and true crime. The works, you know? While my mom encouraged my exploration, she said there was a few movies that was off limits. Human Centipede, Spit on Your Grave, and Megan is Missing, just to name a few. Those movies were the ones that were completely off limit, and I needed to be 18 to watch and more mature. Because my mom knew how easily triggered I was with things like rape and human abduction. Well, on August 24th, it was Renee's 15th birthday, and she invited me over for a sleepover. I went because I wanted to see what my first sleepover with someone outside of family would be like. We had a really good time, singing karaoke, drinking root beer, pretending to get drunk, young teen fun, you know? When her dad came into the living area and said he was off to work, I noticed that Renee got kind of a smirk of mischief, before then chiming, okay dad. After he left, Brittany came into the room and began to socialize while Renee disappeared down to her basement. Well, she then returned with the human centipede in hand. Fuck. I calmly explained that I can't watch that, because of that stuff in the movie from what my mom said, and that I wouldn't enjoy it. The girls began to croon and plead to get me to watch it. I kept saying no, but then Brittany grabbed my wrists and then said, Well, you won't have a choice, before giggling evilly. I was being drugged across the room to the futon couch as I pleaded to just be let go and I'm not in the mood to watch that movie. The girls mimicked and mocked me as I cried, 
before then slapping cuffs over my wrists. Their mother was a police officer and had left her cuffs home conveniently. I thrashed before Brittany closed her hands over my cheeks that were already slick with tears from pain. She wasn't being gentle with my wrists. She lowly spoke in a serious tone. You scream, Ray, and I'm cutting your tongue out. That made me shut up. And soon, I was watching the movie. I won't get into the details of the movie, as I'm sure the premise of the name Human Centipede is obvious as it's a horror classic. When it was done, I was just a dissociative mess. I was finally uncuffed and I just kept repeating how I wanted to go home. The girls just laughed at me, then went upstairs, leaving me in the dark. I reached into my bag to call my mom and dad. 30 minutes later, my dad was outside and I grabbed my blankets and bag to leave and I never looked back. That night, I deleted Renee's contact and I blocked her on Facebook. I didn't bother with her sister because I didn't have her number nor Facebook, but that Facebook page was deactivated soon after. My mom was obviously furious about a week after when I finally told her, and she stormed to the girl's house and bitched out their mom, who then pulled the girls out of the house to scold them before giving them laps all around the block. Apparently their mother was a drill sergeant mother, which I guess is why they preferred their dad as opposed to their mom. About a year after the sleepover, Renee moved because their mom was really fed up with having all these other moms bitch and yell at them for their kids' misbehavior because it seemed like no matter what the punishment was, they just never learned. I'm 20 years old now, but that night still really haunts me and I oftentimes find myself wondering why they did that to me. I'll never understand it. My name is Izzy, and this happened to me and my best friend, Elise. At the time of this story, we were in the sixth grade, and in my opinion, that makes this all the more disturbing. My first period class that year was language arts. To understand part of the story, you need to understand part of the layout. You walk into the room and there's four clusters of desks in the shape of a circle. Each corner of the room had one. The computer board was at the front of the room. Next to that was a library corner, which had a desk cluster next to it. I sat at those desks with four other people. Only two people in my circle matter in this story. I'm no longer in touch with these people, so I'm going to be using nicknames for privacy. My friend E sat right next to me. He was a bigger person at the time and was almost always serious. H was quiet almost always and didn't really have many friends. He never really participated in the group reading what we had to do. H not reading when he was supposed to made the group upset that we had to do more work and H was getting away with doing nothing but playing games on his Chromebook. He was getting sick of H getting away with not doing anything so he stood up walking over to H grabbing his Chromebook while saying what are you doing on this thing anyway as he looked at the screen. He freaked out over something the rest of us couldn't see. I thought he would show us what was on the screen but he didn't until I asked what it was. I remember being annoyed that he didn't show us without one of us having to ask. That feeling of annoyance quickly disappeared when he turned the screen to face the rest of us. 
H had several tabs open, all of which were either pictures of human bones or human organs. I know that doesn't sound all that alarming, but as kids, you should be able to imagine how that freaked us out. The images H had on his screen wasn't what made me so scared. It was the face he was making at us. H was smiling, and not like a normal smile. He was smiling like he was planning something. Or maybe he was just freakishly proud that we saw what he'd been up to. It was really disgusting, and he looked so happy. I felt a chill when his eyes landed on me. I got extremely upset about that. I leaned forward, telling H. H, you need to do the work with the rest of us and stop being a creepy freak. Which, now I really regret saying. It wasn't the fact that he almost immediately stopped smiling. It was that he never stopped looking at me. I was so focused on the way H was looking at me that I barely reacted to the teacher yelling at me. She apparently heard me call H a creepy freak and decided to have a talk with the group. When we were done being lectured by our teacher, H started deleting his search history. The only thing the rest of us could do was watch him do it. None of us wanted to get in trouble again. After a few more moments of us all staring at H, we started to read the book again. Elise and I didn't have any classes together until after lunch. So, while we sat down at our lunch table, I then told Elise what had happened. After we talked for a while, we decided we weren't going to let that ruin our day. We were really excited because Elise was spending the night at my house after finding out her mom couldn't let her stay home alone because her little brother had to get a surgery that night. So, we went about our day without thinking twice about it. Before we knew it, we were finally going to my house. We got on the school bus and we'd started talking about how our days were and what we were going to do since she was spending the night. The bus eventually pulled to our stop and we got off and started walking towards my house. When we got inside, we had started taking off our jackets and kicking off our shoes. Another piece of information is that I had a dog. We were supposed to take him outside, but that never happened. My dog was barking in his crate downstairs, but we didn't really think anything of it, considering dogs get really excited when their owners get home, and he most likely had to use the bathroom since he'd been in his crate all day. Elise had gotten her shoes off before me and started walking down the stairs, but suddenly paused before then yelling as loud as I've ever heard her speak. What the fuck? She didn't move, just stood on the stairs. Since she had spoken so loudly, I freaked out and then looked in her direction. I just barely saw something outside of my dog's crate then move, but then almost immediately move out of my field of vision. Elise was definitely in shock, because she only responded back with, Get a weapon! After I asked her multiple times, What's wrong? What did you see? As I too started to freak out. I listened to her, but I stupidly chose the worst makeshift weapon you could possibly choose. Somehow in my mind, I thought that a pillow would make a great weapon. Yes, a fucking pillow. Luckily, Elise was a lot smarter than I, and grabbed the biggest kitchen knife we had, and charged downstairs. I didn't know what we were looking for, because Elise didn't tell me. There wasn't a single place that we didn't check. Whatever we were looking for wasn't in the house. We were both really relieved, though, when we didn't find what freaked Elise out but I soon figured out why she was so scared when she then told me. 
I'll look down there, and there's someone sitting or maybe laying on the floor, messing with one of your dog's toys. Elise saying that made me lose any form of calm that was left in me. When my parents came home, I don't believe we told them what happened, but if we did, I don't think they'd believe us. And as if the story couldn't get any worse, the next day at school when I walked into homeroom, H walked up to me and says, Hey you, I thought I should let you know that I really enjoy crawling around in your basement. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and then calmly walks away. So yeah, somehow my creepy ass classmate broke into my house and was just chilling in my basement. I don't know why or what he was really doing in my house, but I really hope he doesn't come back, because my dog isn't a scared little puppy anymore, and he'll really fuck you up if he has to. In the summer of 2019, my friends and I were having a sleepover in honor of one of our friend's 17th birthday. Rayana had invited our friends, McKenna, Reese, McKenzie, and more to come over to swim in her pool, drink, hang out with some boys, and sleep in her trailer so we didn't wake up her parents. We would sleep in the trailer on her driveway. There were four beds, a bunk bed in the left corner, and then directly beside there was a single bed. And finally, right as you walk in, there is another bed. After having hours of fun, puke, and rally, and tons of teenage drama, we decided to head over to the trailer so we didn't wake the neighbors or Rayana's parents. It was about 3 a.m. when things began to settle down. About 10 minutes later, Reese had still been wide awake, and her drunk self decided to look out the window on the top of the bunk where she and I were sharing. She recalled seeing a teenage boy quickly walking on the sidewalk beside us, repeatedly looking behind himself to watch another teenage boy quickly following him. She decided to stick up for the first boy and yelled random things to get him to stop following. The second boy, noticeably not sober, instantly heard the screams from Race and Rihanna, and it caught his attention. Scared, she stayed quiet beside me while I was trying to sleep. Well, about a minute later, Reese decided to check again, and there the guy is, right in front of the trailer, investigating the noise. He was getting really close to the door, when Reese then told me, Hey, don't freak out, but there's a guy right outside the trailer. I sat up quickly to look outside, and there he was, wandering around right beside us. I not listening to her, announced to everyone else the quietest I could that there was a guy outside the trailer. Rayana quickly got up and looked outside a window so she could see for herself and then told everyone else to get underneath of us in the bottom bunk. McKenna, Rayana, and a few other friends were huddled in the bottom bunk when Mackenzie, our smallest yet fearless friend, decided to stay outside and check the windows. The man, still not sure of where the yelling came from, was gone. We sat for a few minutes in silence, contemplating calling someone, until Mackenzie decided to look out the window of the bottom bunk, this window facing the garage. She quickly announced that he was standing right beside the window. She could only see his legs, though, quickly closing the window. We sat scared once again in silence, Mackenzie still running back and forth through the windows to see where he was. At one point, he decided to walk to the middle of the street, 
just a look at the grand view of the house. This is when we thought it was over. Everyone was getting back into their sleeping spots, discussing what had just happened, when Mackenzie decided to look out the window again. The man was now standing on the front steps of Rihanna's house. We couldn't do anything but just sit quiet and wait until the intoxicated man would leave. We didn't know what he would do if he had realized people were in the trailer. He did end up leaving after quite a while, but we all definitely took a while to fall asleep that night. In the morning, Rayana tried to check her surveillance cameras, but they had been disconnected. We have no proof of this happening, except for the group of us who experienced it. Rayana believes the guy came back the next night since she heard a lot of noises from her front door while she was home alone. Moral of the story, don't scream at cracked out men when you're vulnerable in a trailer. You really have to wonder though, what would have happened if he had tried to open the door? I'm sure we could have defended ourselves, but the story could have ended a lot worse. This happened to me and my friends just last night. For some information about us, we're all females between the ages of 13 to 15. For privacy reasons, I'm going to use K for friend 1, J for friend 2, and D for friend 3. Now, you really need to know how my house is laid out. At the very back of my house, there's a pool cage, and right behind that is thick woods. Okay, so now that you know the details, I'll begin the story. I had my friend over for a sleepover. It was around 8.30 at night when my friend Kay said that we should go night swimming. And right by this time, the sun was starting to set. We all hopped in the pool. After swimming for 30 minutes, it was completely dark. We started to get a really eerie feeling coming from the woods. The picture that we created in our heads looked like it came right out of a horror movie. So there we were, five teens swimming at nine and night with the view of the dark woods. Side note, in the past, we've had many weird things happen in those woods. I remember that we were playing Marco Polo when my friend Jay said that she heard something rustling in the woods. I told her to forget about it and that it's probably just a deer or a squirrel. We went back to playing our game when Jay said again that she swears that she saw something moving in the woods. We all get quiet, waiting to hear anything. There was nothing. All we heard was the trees swaying from the light breeze, but there was nothing. It was dead silent. After playing around in the pool for about an hour, we decided to just float around for a bit before heading inside. That's when we heard it. The light whistle coming from somewhere in the woods. Our heads shoot up, facing each other, making sure that we all heard that. There it was again though, dead silence, wondering if we would hear the same sound yet again. Then it happens, again that same whistle, but this time it sounded closer. We were terrified. We very slowly got down from the rafts we were laying on and quietly exited the pool while watching the woods for any movement. The whistle kept on happening, but we never saw anyone. We then ran into the house, making sure to lock the doors. We went back into my room where we got changed, and we decided to watch some movies to try and get our minds off of what just happened. After watching a movie for about 15 minutes, 
That's when the whistle started to start up again, but this time, it was coming from my window. We all just lay there, trying not to make a sound. With the whistling, came a tapping on the window. We were all still really shaken up from what happened earlier. Whatever it was, seemed like it was following us wherever we went. That's when I told Dee to call 911. While Dee was on the phone with the 911 operator, the tapping then turned into a harsh bang. All we could do was just lay there in fear until the police came. It honestly felt like hours waiting for the police to arrive, but in reality, only took about five minutes. When we finally heard sirens, everything went quiet. There was no yelling from the police, no whistling, or any kind of tapping. It was like nothing ever happened, and I went dead silent. All the police found was a kitchen knife right beside the window. None of us ended up getting any sleep that night. We were too terrified. So, whoever thought it would be funny to scare a bunch of teenage girls trying to have a fun sleepover? Fuck you.